We are yeah. live. And boom. Now Dennis, we are here. I, I like for you to like take control of these podcasts. And then now you got like more co-hosts. Are I do. You, I are you prepared? Is, is this the most amount of people you've done a podcast or done a show with? Oh yeah. Hands down. It's All always right. it's, I've only <laughs> talked to you and Ashley on this thing. And now I have the, the Mexican, whopping three people. Yeah. Look the Mexican this. Paul McCartney with us. <laughs> uh, nobody will see this, but we have Eric Casillas on who be on last week. Cause we actually recorded right birthday and he took 36 hours to respond and was like, Oh yeah, man. <laughs> And he's he's like, I want to do a okay. podcast with you guys. Yeah. I want to do a podcast with you guys. And then he decided to golf and nap instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's. Oh, he's, by the way, it I was like the best nap it. I've ever had. <laughs> so background is we are actually Brett's at his house. Eric is at my house, but he's in my living room and we're doing this on zoom. And we had to do this for audio purposes. I'm in the office at Ashley's desk while she gets ready to go out to dinner. But it's weird. Cause I'm watching my dog on zoom, lick Eric's arm from the other side of the house. And if anybody knows me, they know the state that I'm in whenever the microphones are turned on and it's freaking me the fuck out. So um, needless to say, we do have Eric really needs a haircut just to paint you a picture because he's probably not posting any pictures. In three months. Yeah. If it, no bullshit, you look like Paul McCartney, like late seven. No, I'm Paul McCartney. I, yeah, I believe it. I like, look at myself like, yeah. in the mirror every day. Yeah. Like as soon as you walked down, I was like, oh, fuck, we have a beetle here today. And then, like, <laughs> fucking Eric, it's a dude in a maverick. You just, fucking have you just given up on quarantine? Why, why do you look like this? Well, I needed a haircut right before, uh, two days before was like the actual, you know, almost to the day is when I needed, you know, a new haircut and I just didn't go. And <laughs> three months later, here we are. And my, what do you call it? Uh, my eyebrows. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's, it's all falling apart. Yeah, it's bad. That's all dude. I can say. Yeah, it's it's bad. You're you know you're 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 at max level for you. I've never seen you <laughs> unkempt because you're normally like pretty well kept. Like you don't really even. Have, have I mean, hair. for my job, I have to, but you do yeah. also because you want to get back on man. the Bachelor. Who knows, man? There's that time. <laughs> 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 I know. You know, you see anybody with an ABC anything, you rip your wedding band off and like, what? I got another chance Ooh, at this I'm sorry. one. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to. I know that we get into COVID stuff and we'll get into sports. We'll get into all that stuff. But I did, uh, Eric brought up like from a financial standpoint, talking about COVID and a group text. And do, I do think he can bring some interesting components to it, but I had an interesting story to like not flex. I swear to God, it's not flexing. It's just like an interesting story. Um, that literally just Uh-oh. happened 10 minutes ago. And so that's why I'm like going to tell the story. Uh, because I haven't had time to process it. And if I did, I probably would tell the story differently. Um, so like everyone talks about these small business loans, like that's really hard to get. And so Eric can talk, I guess, about that and what's going on with some of these small business loans. Uh, but Katie has a small business. My wife is a mental health therapist, has a small private practice. And we kind of been going through those struggles of getting a small business loan. And today I just got pissed like about the process so I emailed Cuban. I just said, fuck it. What, what's the worst thing that can happen? I just said, hey, Mark, my wife has a small business. I can't get a small business loan. I can't figure this shit out. What's the deal? He emailed me back just like 10 minutes ago. He said, oh, I just emailed the CEO of, of a bank. They'll call you. The guy called me like five minutes before this <laughs> podcast. And he was like, send oh, me all really? your wife's stuff instantly. Yeah. <laughs> That was the, like, honestly, we, th- this whole show took a big step up just now because you literally just, you had a Mark Cuban did a favor for me during the quarantine flight. <laughs> yeah. Name like, drop. That's impressive. And to, don't it, try to have him win back on my good graces. I was pissed at him two weeks ago at Mark. <laughs> like, it was the first time I actually was, like, really mad at him. I was like, this motherfucker. And, yeah, and for those who can't see the Zoom, when uh, Brett said Mark Cuban, he just flexed his bicep. FYI. <laughs> he literally did. He literally flexed his bicep. I'm like, damn, we more famous than us all right eric failed at the bachelor and i'm trying to get this going okay <laughs> trying to get us there yeah so it was it was i think it was crazy i was like oh shit this is all like literally mark emailed me back at 4:45, and i got the email and the phone call from the ceo of the bank at 4:58, and i'm like oh i want to be like well i got a podcast scheduled i can't be dealing with this shit right now guys <laughs> i gotta talk into a microphone for my buddy's podcast that he's basically removed his girlfriend from even though she's on the artwork still so you gotta you gotta put mark cuban on do not disturb so he doesn't right you know disrupt the podcast you know, unless he calls put him on speakerphone and be like hey mark we just want to talk to you a little bit so 
Eric will have all sorts of post-containment questions of like, what's the plan going to be for the offense to get going? Like, no, he probably wouldn't talk to Eric. Eric lost hit flip cup for him. I know he blew it. Eric choked. No, if you replay <laughs> the video, somebody named Brett Jega, not to name any names, <laughs> did like a little, you know, uh, Dikembe Mutombo just slap on my on my flip cup and. You know, Bro, I, I didn't want to call like foul. like those soft NBA players than now, man. I just yeah. – a little hand check. You couldn't handle a little physical game in flip yeah. cup or what? Jesus. Man, <laughs> I have the video. I guess you're – we know you're old, but, I mean, <laughs> this doesn't help your case because of who your favorite athletes are either. Like, fucking up in the clutch is not something you should ever do just because now it just gives more ammunition for you. That's <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. When that uh, whole situation came about and Mark Cuban was my teammate, I looked over to the left and – my heart beat was just like, boom, 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 boom. I was like, you oh, see no, like, don't do it. Don't it was like up. one of those classic when you meet a celebrity. Like, he was like so chill, like laughing, yeah. having a good time. And then Mark walks in and it was like, ghost, like, shit, this is yeah. really going down. He's like, and then you two are going to play flip cup together. And it was just like, yeah. <laughs> and the thing about Cuban, uh, my first words to him, as soon as he walked in, I was like, Dude, you're a lot taller than I thought you were because I'm six, you know, six one. He goes, I own an NBA team. Everybody's fucking seven feet tall. I mean, everybody thinks I'm short. And I was like, oh, touche. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny, though. I feel like he's – he. I mean, Brett, you know him now. But, Eric, that was the first time you ever met him at anything. Yep. I, I yep. figured you bumped into him at, like, a function or something. No. So, not he's at all. That was so the first cool, time. though. Like, yeah. I, and the first time I ever met him, we did the interview with Cuban, and I didn't know what to expect either, you know. And uh, we started the interview, and I told Scotty, "Ask me for permission." And I was like, "Yeah, that's totally cool." And Scotty's first words were out of his mouth, like, "We greeted him, said hi," and then we started the interview, hit record, and Scotty's like, "Yo, this guy across from you hates you," and that's how we started <laughs> oh, it. I was like, "Dude, I couldn't stand you," and I was like. I, you were going to buy the Cubs, and I was so mad. I was kept, like, pre- praying that you didn't buy the Cubs. And he's like, that's so funny. That's, like, how it started. He's like, it's probably good that I didn't buy the Cubs anyways. I wouldn't have done some of the stuff that, like, Ricketts did. And they, that was in 2016 when they were making that run and then and didn't end up winning the World Series. And mm-hmm. uh, so that's how our, like, greeting. I was like, I used to hate you. Uh, but I'm like liking you more and more now. You're like, you know, you're, you're moving up. And, but that's how our like friendships started friendship. Yeah. But Brett, sometimes when you're doing interviews, especially that day when Mark was in the, uh, in the studio, I think, uh, I can't remember exactly what the subject was, but it was about, I think Trump and oh, yeah. president, you know, going, you know, Cuban running for, you know, president. And you were kind of like, I don't want to say going at him, but you were, you didn't shy away. Like you were asking I, some, I, some questions. I don't want to say he did questions, but. I did the quote know. I did use with him and I, and I was really happy with it is he was really critical of Trump and has been really critical of Trump. And I just said, if you can't be critical of somebody, if you won't put your money where your mouth is, and that means running for president. And I thought he had a good answer. He's like, I'm not afraid. And I would run for president. And I brought this to my family. My family doesn't want me to run. And then I have to respect that. And I do respect that as an answer. He's saying, I'm not shying away from this responsibility. I'm not running Mm -hmm. from the office because I think it's easy to criticize somebody until you have to actually step into that chair. It's way Mm -hmm. more difficult. And so I just challenged him saying, Hey, you, you know, you're, you've been so vocal and such a public figure of it. Are you willing to do it yourself? And he, and his answer was yes. And that was totally cool with me. Yep. I just don't know why anybody wants that job. It's a tough I job. I, if I'm Cuban, I don't want that job. I don't want it. Like if I'm Cuban and I got things going for me, I like, why would I want that? Like, I think you know, it's, it's like Rogan says, it's not a great job. It's like, a terrible job. It's a honest. terrible job. Half the it's country. It's a thankless job. Just, yeah. It's just, it's, you're never right. Everybody's wrong. It's you're always wrong. Somebody's going to view you wrong. It's, you know, and then it, it, oddly and some people, think, they, but sorry, they don't even live to see like, you know, like Reagan got famous was dying. Like, like people went back and looked and like, even after your presidency, people hate you. You know, there's people that hate, still hate George W. Bush, like anywhere he goes. It's like, it's a shitty job. Like, well, no matter what, you're going to be de- you're going to be divided, like you said. And it's so it's not even like okay, like I don't think these people give a shit at this certain point about their popularity. I mean, there's probably some ego. There's definitely ego, but I don't care if they. Oh yeah, there's I don't think totally they care ego. if someone likes them or hates them. Popularity and 
uh, ego is different than like, I care if somebody likes me. I think they want to be like known as prestigious or whatever, but I don't think they give a shit if anyone likes them. But I, I do think they get, they make this mistake thinking that this is the best place to implement change. Um, it, it, it's a small story of just talking about like me reaching out to Cuban and Cuban reaching back out as a funny story and a cool way to flex. But he also can do that stuff. Like he can still help people. Yeah. Like, oh, you need a small business loan. Let me connect you with somebody. So, and he, and he talked about these, like, I still feel like I can, I can do, create a bunch of change. I can help people and I can still own an NBA team. That's way right. cool. I, to me, he might have just, I don't know if it's not just as big, but he can have a strong, really, really powerful impact on people's lives, which is probably why you'd want to run for president for Cuban while still also having a really cool job and, and keeping right. your family happy. Also, too, there's way less for him to help those people, even writing you that email, like helping somebody financially that you don't see behind the scenes. He can't make those like speedboat moves. Like when you're the president, it's like steering a boat. Like the smaller the thing you're handling, the faster it can be. It's like any business. So if you're the president to, to help people, you have to move mountains. You have to get, you know, everything approved. and There's paperwork and it's a process. You're driving Mark Cuban's like, yacht. Right. Yeah. Like it doesn't turn yeah. easy. It doesn't turn anything. Like you're driving the, the, the Titanic. You can't turn it. But then with him, he could be like, oh, there's 10,000 people over here who need my help. I can do that like that in the blink yep. of an eye. And I think he kind of genuinely believes that. Um, I know he's really outspoken. I just think uh, there's sometimes I'm like, bro, you kind of step over a little bit. The whole, I didn't like the whole secret chopper thing. I just, I liked that it. Was, so I, that's where I disagreed. I, see, I, disagreed. I, didn't, I just didn't like it. I was very, I was very heated about that. I think that's good. We can talk about that. I like it because look, the number one thing that we need answers on, right? So like, I think the thing that helps divide the, the divide, I don't know if we ever come to some kind of middle ground anywhere, right? There's no middle ground in this world, but the first step is making people feel comfortable. Well, the only way you can make people feel comfortable is if people actually do the shit they're going to say they're going to do. And so I think the secret shoppers going, Hey, if those things, if that comes back clean and that comes back 100%, that limits people's excuses. Then what's your excuse? Like, hey, we did a bunch of secret shoppers. They were all abiding by all the social distance guidelines. They're all following all the restrictions you gave them. Why are you not going out now? What's the next step? Right. You know, so to me, I like the secret shoppers because it was the best way to make people feel comfortable organically. I gotcha. Okay. I didn't think about it from that perspective. I thought about it from the I think at the time wrapped up because it was real at the height of it. Like we sure. were starting to open up and it was, we were at that boiling point where everybody, you know, liking the wrong had an thing opinion. Yeah. yeah. Everybody had an, had an opinion. We were quick to fire off. So I think when I saw it, I think my impulse was like, I, we need to open shit up. So like my first impulse sure. was anger because I was like, dude, we don't need Mark another Cuban, the billionaire. Yeah. Like I'm like, you know, and you see the billionaire and you're like, dude, and in my mind, I know he's not a bad guy because even Ashley's like, you're full of shit. You always say you like him. I'm like, yes, I do like him. There's you, who doesn't like him? I mean, obviously, you know, you guys in Chicago did like him for a couple of minutes, but, it's like, <laughs> but like, like normal people, when you look at him, you're like, he's a real likable dude. Like everything about him is extremely likable. And I just, uh, it, it bothered me that I thought he did it that way. And I just thought, you know, I had the like, as, I'm like, dude, we don't you need to like it was sneaky. Yeah. It was, yeah. and it was at the time that you had the people in New York, like uh, what's his name was setting up the text line to rat people out for money. And you're getting into the, you know, the, the whole constitution thing and everybody's at their height and you're just boiling up. Cause at the same time too, we're all in the same boat. Like we all want things to open up. Like we don't want to pause in that. And that was the thing that also, I think pissed me off. I was like, Mark, we don't need let the, let the cards kind of fall right now. We don't need a snitch right now. Like, let's see what happens <laughs> yeah. through this. Like, I, let's get going a little bit. And if it starts to spike, maybe you were right. We, we need to back up, back up. But like, don't be the person who scares people back into the house a little bit. Like, sure. we don't need that right now. I just think like, uh, he's brought up the point and I, and multiple times, and it's the same point I brought up. You know, everyone's arguing when do, and how, when do we open back up and we should open back up. And I felt like some of the arguments that were getting missed is it's not when we should open back up, but what happens when we do open back it's up? How. Like we, you know, like, yeah. you know, like we go back and forth, but we're eventually going to open back up. And what are those restrictions and guidelines going to look like? And if those aren't clear cut, that's what creates more of a divide. Like if I don't know what's going to happen when I go to a restaurant 
and I use a napkin. And is the waitress yeah. responsible for picking that back up? Who discards that? If I go and try on clothes and right. I rub it all over my body, and if I don't know those answers, that makes it more challenging for people to feel comfortable. And I think those are actually bigger roadblocks because those are harder to answer. I was just talking to even my apartment complex. They're like, we were going to open up our apartment gym. We're going to open up all the amenities, but we had to go through all of these documents for legal purposes. So people felt comfortable and to cover our ass legally. And so when Cuban's doing that, he's saying, yo, you got to make sure your ass is covered. And we got to make sure all of our asses are covered by making sure that these restrictions and guidelines do exist. So people do feel comfortable. Yeah. I think from my perspective, the way I feel about it is we're all antsy. We're all, it's a, such a weird time in our economy, country, our lives. I think the thing that I'm scared about just me personally is I hate, I would hate for us to take one step forward to take two steps back. And so that, you know, I get both sides of it. You know, I, yeah. I can understand the people who, you know, want to get back to normal. I hear, you know, I'm in the financial industry and, I talk, I have daily conversations with business owners who their financial lives depend on us getting back to quote unquote normal. But at the same time, it's those same folks are, you know, also saying, well, you know, we've been, we've come this far, you know, the government's kind of given up some relief uh, from the paycheck, you know, loan and all that stuff. You know, how do we move forward and make sure that, you know, the economy's back and all that stuff. It's just, it's really kind of tough to, think about how, you know, how do we bounce back, you know, from health, from the economy, from all of it. Um, it's just, it's tough. And so, you know, I don't know who's right, who's wrong. Where, where do you feel that, comfortable personally? Like, are you comfortable? Go, like, you know, Dennis started this podcast. I think he's like, Dennis or Ashley's heading to a restaurant. Where, where are you comfortable? Are you comfortable going to a restaurant? So personally, I am, uh, but my wife, she works at a hospital. She's in the healthcare and just listening to her, you know, day to day, kind of just what she has to deal with is kind of scary just to be quite honest. But sure. I think my angst and I'm not really an anxious person. I really don't have much anxiety. I mean, I have stress obviously, but for the most part, I feel like I handle it very well. But I would say my COVID type of anxiety as it comes to opening up or going to the bar or, you know, having a meal at a restaurant comes from her and she's not ready. So therefore, personally, I'm like, well, crap, That's so I'd I, really like to go Friday night to go, you know, to our, you know, one of our favorite places. But, you know, she's not comfortable. So it's just like, all right, well, another night at home. Yeah, a, another night at home. I wrote that down as a topic uh, for our radio show is if you and your significant other disagree about where you feel comfortable on social distancing, how do you solve that conversation? Do you automatically side with the person who doesn't feel comfortable going out? Cause that's the safer decision. Does one person able to go out to a restaurant and the other isn't like, what, what do you, what do you decide in your house? Well, She's told me if you want to go, Eric, go ahead, you know, but at the same time, personally, how I feel about it is it I've been in, you know, we've uh, been shelter in place for two months. You know, what's another month? I, I don't want to, you know, you know, forfeit what all that, <laughs> you know, being locked up for two months to sacrifice, you know, hey, you know, going out to my favorite restaurant or whatever, and then, you know, jeopardizing, you know, somebody else. I don't know. It's just, it's tough. It I, really is. The quick answer to your what's another month though is, uh, because I, I feel like I'm in like, like Dennis and I have kind of hit this in all the other podcasts and too. So like, you know, to a certain extent, there's got to be a little bit of a different angle, but the, I feel like it's the loneliest place in the world is the middle. I, I'm like kind of like directly in the middle. I understand both sides and it's like a weird place to be in. But one of the, one of the arguments to counter to you with another month is I just saw this poll, 10,000 people. So it was like a huge sample size of people they polled felt like 70% of them felt like they felt high anxiety. They used the word high anxiety. And of the people that got to return back to work, it was like 40%, almost a 30% drop. And so I think another month is like one of my biggest fears is as dangerous as COVID is, I'm, and I'm biased because my wife's a mental health therapist, but I think the number <laughs> one fear that I think our country has right now and the number one killer is going to be 
directly resulted to mental health. And I think you can connect the dots to mental health. 100%. When you talk about obesity, alcoholism, yep. suicide, drug addiction. I think all of these get directly connected to it. And the real problem isn't the alcoholism, the drug addiction, the you know, obesity. The real problem starts in the beginning. That's mental health. And I think we walk a very dangerous line when you talk about people feeling though 70% of these people polled felt high anxiety. That's dangerous that another yeah. month could push them over the edge. It's funny you say that. Yeah. So I played golf this morning with, uh, you know, some banker buddies and one of my friends, he said, last night I felt the full on COVID anxiety to the max for the first time. And, you know, fortunately, you know, in the financial world, we've been primarily for the most part working from home, you know, business as usual with, you know, just, but he, he said, Last night, he felt a full-on COVID anxiety stress, and he just, you know, it, I don't know. I've never heard him speak like that. Yeah. yeah. Quite frankly. I'm telling you, I, I, it's, I get it. I mean, you, Eric, you saw it firsthand in text message that night. Like, I get it. Like, I have it. I have anxiety anyway. And you start to factor in, and I start to think about, and Brett and I talked about this last week, like, you start to think about, you, it's, it's out of your control, that's the thing. Like none, you have no control over it. And that's, that's the right. thing that hurts is you, you know, you're looking at your life and you're, you know, and especially, you know, you obviously have owned your condo for a while, but it's like our house, we just bought it. And you're, you're, you're all of it freaks you out at one yeah. moment. And, it, and everybody has that situation. Oh, we don't have kids, but that dude might have two kids. He's like all of the things that you've done. And that's where I, my, and then you go and I've started to notice this, Eric, like we were talking about before we, put on the microphones when you walked in it was like even like you can't go on social media because you you're trying to escape but then it brings you in darker and you you're somebody at the opposite opinion so like like you said brett like how would you i couldn't handle if ashley didn't want to go out like if, if ashley had Catherine's view i think i would i would have a harder time because i'm yeah, so let's go out and i'm so outspoken like i would have a really hard time and i think it would cause problems for us yeah. like I would sit back and be like, because I see just even people agitating me who are like, you just need to stay home. And I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I just boil well, up because I look at the numbers and I'm like, Jesus Christ, we got to <laughs> go spend some money. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys know I'm outgoing. I love to entertain. You know, I, one of my side hobbies or not side hobbies, it's a hobby. I love to do card tricks. I, I'll go up to a group of strangers and <laughs> I love to just make people laugh. And, you know, I love to do that. And I love how you just said it just, wasn't a hobby. It is a hobby. I mean, it's, 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 it's a hobby. Listen, it's not a hobby. It's a lifestyle. Some people, you don't understand. <laughs> it chose me. Okay. All right. <laughs> just, the card yeah, trick well, chose me. Work that into this. We're like having a serious conversation about COVID. Like you guys all know I'm a, I'm a magician. I'll come out with it. So I just want to let you guys know uh, I am available for parties. <laughs> yeah. I will do yeah. these tricks from six feet away if you want. <laughs> no, my point is. We can is, do a Zoom card trick game. Yeah. My point is I love to be out. So, yeah. you know, it, it just. I mean, Brett, to your point, it is, you know, if you're a significant other, if you guys are on different ends of the, uh, you know, on opposite ends of the spectrum, you know, how do you deal with that? Fortunately, you know, with my wife and I, we're, I mean, we're good on it, but it just, it, I still have that need or want to go out and be social and all that stuff. So well, it sucks because I mean, it, it's, it goes against everything we've done. Like every, like, that's the weird thing about this. It's like everything you've been taught your entire life went out the window in the blink of an eye in one day. Like we were, Eric, we were together the Saturday before this, like that oh, Saturday, yeah. Yeah. we were all in deep elm. Everything was great. It was literally laughing, having fun. Everybody was having a good time drinking, you know, like, and then 24 hours later, the whole world was in a different place. Like, and none of yeah. us have experienced that. So you, you're, you're also feeling out feelings with somebody. This is something that, you can't prep for in a relationship. Like you can't mm -hmm. like, there's no strategy for this. You're fucked on this one. Like, so you don't even know. And you just got to adapt with the person too. Like, I'm glad Ashley wants to go out. Like I'm, I'm like, go, go to dinner. Like we need that. Like, just go out. Like we've never had, we haven't felt the need to stay home, but it's also like, 
you know, you got to have that. You got to go out and see people. Like I went to the gym this week. I went twice and Brett, I saw your poll. We were taught literally, I yeah. voted on your poll as I was driving to the first <laughs> class Monday morning for, to do CrossFit. Like I've never been so excited to do front squats in my fucking life. <laughs> but to see other people, like even Friday, um, I had to go down there to drop off the equipment they let us borrow and bring home during this, which was super awesome at my, my CrossFit gym. Um, they just were like, hey, we're going to program shit. They did it. Like even going there Friday to drop their shit off and just talking to like three people that I don't mm-hmm. get to talk to. Like it was great. Like, oh, man. like one of the dudes was like, hey, I listen to the podcast. I was like, oh, shit, thanks. Like and we were talking about Dan Crenshaw's yeah. book. Like and to have that interaction, like I miss that and it sucks. But it's like and then I get frustrated because I'm like, I want other people to feel that. Like when somebody goes, I just want everybody to stay home till this is over. I'm like but you don't understand what I just felt like, yeah. you know, it was like, it was like putting it in the first time. Like that's how exciting it was this <laughs> week to go do shit with other people. I was like, Oh my God, I'm 17 again. And I'm like inside of something. This is amazing. Like yeah. that's how exciting it was. Like, and then you see, like I get frustrated and I get worked up because I look at somebody and I go, I want you to feel that now. Like now I'm like, why do you want to stay home? I go feel this again. <laughs> it's amazing. Well, and just so. to Eric's point though, like, you know, I do, and I do understand the other side. Like I, like I said, I made the argument on, I do think that mental health is a huge concern. And I think there's significant health risks that are connected to what happens if the economy continues to struggle and people continue to lose their job and lose their sense of security. They're, those are not just economical issues. These are health issues actually, and physical health issues that you can, will eventually be able to see. And so I do understand that side, but I also to Eric's point of, I do think there's a huge threat of if you, I don't know that if the numbers are declining because of social distancing and we're getting a better glimpse of that because of Florida and Texas now that they've been open longer, but to people's credit of like, Hey, is it too soon? They don't know the answers. No one knows the information. And so nobody wants to do two steps forward to take or one step forward to take two steps back. Cause that's just right. as dangerous, if not more dangerous. And I get that yeah. point too. I understand it. It makes sense to me. You know, what's kind of weird. I, one thing I really miss, and this might sound really simple, but you know, when you're wearing your mask out in Kroger, you're grocery shopping, you're, you know, you're passing somebody in the aisle and it, it's almost a sense of like, Oh, you can't look at each other, look down no, and, scary, and, and you can't see somebody just like, excuse me, you know, even and just like smile. It's one of those where like, you're passing somebody and it's just like, hi, how are you? You know, it's almost like, Hey, it's a great day outside. It, it really is because with the mask on, you can't see facial expressions. You see eyes. And you know, a lot of times, I mean, just me personally, grocery store pass somebody and it's like, look down, look away. You can't, that person's not here. I know it's like oh, a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. It's just like, Oh <laughs> no, I, I'm going to squirt sanitizer all over. I'm like, get away. And that's, I, I hate that. That to me is one thing that I just, you know, just a smile when you're walking by somebody, just like, Hey, what's up? You know, it's Saturday and Saturday morning, you got your Starbucks to see it. Uh, don't touch me. <laughs> you know, that's it. It sounds, maybe it sounds stupid. I don't know, but. No, No, I think that's so true. I think like, yeah, yeah, that's the hardest part is the eerie feeling. It doesn't feel, it feels like we're in a movie yeah, or a dream. It does. I had one this, I had one this week, like Eric was talking about. I had one this week. It's funny you bring that up, Eric, because Ashley didn't appreciate it, but I did. So I was on the porch. (laughs) I was on the porch um, doing my nightly routine and I was watching the movie Blinded by the Light, which is the, it's about an Indian kid and a Pakistani kid in England in the eighties. And he gets, turned on to Bruce Springsteen. Everybody who knows me knows I've seen Springsteen 23 times. He's, you know, obviously where I'm from, he's, but this kid, they show all his lyrics and they write it out on the screen, like write it into the movie and you realize how good, and it's hitting me. So I go outside and I'm listening to him and I find this live compilation on Spotify and I'm just like, oh my God, I'm sitting out in the backyard. And it hits me, I go, I never got to take Ashley to see Springsteen. Something that I've done so many times and I have all these memories of, that's so important. I, he, to you. I haven't. Yeah, yeah, it's like I won't. If this doesn't go back, I'm never going to get to show that to her. Even if she doesn't like it, I don't even give a shit. To me, it's for me. Like, and I even thought about it too. I was like, oh, I may never get to see him in like Jersey. I may never get to see him again. Like, yeah. yeah. And it hit me, and I was like, yo, we need to get back to normal life. Like, <laughs> shit. 
really I can't see Bruce Springsteen. My life's over. <laughs> I just need one more shot, man. I need that 24th time. So, but that's I'm the like, scary but, thing too. It's like, what's normal? Are we going to get to like an, a concert with 80,000 people again? Right. Are you going to go to a mass? Who knows? Game? Like, that's my thing. Like <laughs> what happens the first I think the game winner? Do you next to you I'll randomly? Like when it's a huge game? Yeah. Like I think we see, I think we see people in the stands for the NFL. I do too. I do too. There's just too much money at stake. It's too, just yeah. hundreds of hun- And hundreds you saw what of, I sent you guys, right? It's like $640 million they make off of yeah. in-game oh, right, yeah. mm-hmm. Is that so what So Forbes is? is doing, yeah, Forbes is breaking stuff down. And uh, Jesus Christ. Well, right. I mean, but the thing is, that's still that the dentist. unknown, though. Uh-huh. Although there's so much money on the line, you know, but. Yeah, 620. $620 million every game. Every revenue. game. Yeah. Every home game the Dallas Cowboys play, they re, their general revenue is $620 million. So you Next do that for every single Patriots. team times 30. Now, like, like again, yeah. the Cowboys are way different than like other the teams. Cowboys are just, double the, the Patriots. Yeah. But let's just say that every team makes $300 million yeah. on average to right. keep the Cowboys on the high end, take out like the 30th, you know, that for the outliers. So everyone makes somewhere between 300. $350 million is what the NFL does every single game and then playoff games. And the, like, you have to remember stadium signage too. That's completely yeah. different. That, that, that those contracts will change. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We thought we're going to have a hundred thousand people with eyeballs on it. I know that's going to be on TV, but that ain't the same, bro. I'm not going to pay for that. There's just so much money. Oh, no, we stake. know somebody who does that. Not to you cut do. you off. We know somebody who does that. Yeah. For the Rangers, Eric and I both know him. You, you didn't get to meet him, but, uh, uh, Tyler does it. I've already asked him about that. That's a huge thing. Like, yeah, they, they, they did the, the light up the stadium's blue thing, the baseball thing. And they, they showed the globe. And I was like, I was like, this looks dope because it's, it's a giant clusterfuck. Cause also at the same yeah. time, those companies who sponsored are all hurting. So now they're reeling it back in. It's crazy. Like how far the side effects are going to be from this. Like, yeah. So yeah, not to cut you off. Sorry, Brett, but yeah. No, and so I just, I just think the NFL will lead the charge. So like, I think Major League Baseball and NBA will come back. This Major League Baseball, the players thing is a little weird, but I still, I think they somehow figure out a way to make it work, yeah. and they get these guys back on the field because there's just too much at stake. Uh, but I think they do no fans. But when fall rolls around. And if the numbers, if the data supports it, so we're, this is what we're talking about on a percentage that there's enough data to support it. Uh, I think they do it. And, and if yeah. the numbers were close, I think the numbers, if they were close to what we were getting now with a lower mortality rate, like meaning like today, I think it was 5% of people tested positive, a percent, 5% of people tested positive of overall for the nation. It was like 427,000 tests, 5% of them came back positive for COVID. If they were getting 5%, with the lower mortality rate, the NFL would put people in the stands. Say yeah. vaccines coming in January. Uh, we're going to, so gonna to me, it. that, to me, that's the key. It's the vaccines. Like once, sure. you know, once we get to that point, I feel like, okay, you know, we get back to the new normal, but I mean, obviously Brett, that's the thing. It's like, you can, we can forecast like, you know, where are we going to be in the fall? But it's still the unknown. That's that's part of like I want sports back just as much as the next person. But uh, you know Dennis's point earlier about Springsteen. It's like you know is I mean hopefully like do I feel confident that a vaccine will will come? Yes, I do. Um, but you know until then, I think that's kind of the hard line in the sand where we can really identify like look, this is where our country and you know. I'm, quite frankly, the, the world can get better, but I don't know. It just, I think if people are willing to go, they will have them in the stands. Yeah. I don't, and I, I'm not saying that's the right decision or wrong decision. I'm not, I just think that will happen because there's enough money at stake. And if people are willing to do it, they'll say, this is a personal choice Yeah. where yeah. businesses are open. If you want to run the risk, they might people have like, when you get your ticket, they might require that to be a box you check when you check out. Like there might be yes. different restrictions on tickets, but if you are, if someone is willing to pay money to sit into a stadium, they yeah. will do it. I just think that's what it'll will. be. You, you'll have a different. It'll be, it'll be a bigger. You know, check this box to buy this yeah. ticket. Where you're saying, hey, if you get COVID 14 days after, 
you go to the Cowboy game. You can't turn around and sue Jerry Jones and say he yep. put you in an unsafe position. It's just, you, you know, you can't sue the airlines if, they, if there's a malfunction on a plane. Like, you, it's the same risk you're going to take. Yeah. That's what it'll be. And it, that's where we're going to be, and I, I hope that's where we're going to be. And yeah, I think the NFL will – I think the NFL will catch the right time, too. I think college football and the NFL will catch the right time. Um, like they'll be there when it's like, okay, we've had enough data. The summer's kind of coming by, like everything's kind of open. Like, I don't think baseball and basketball and, you know, I don't even think, I don't think they need it either. Like they're, they're going to lose a ton of money. Yeah. Um, who both, Just I think major both. league baseball, baseball's going to okay. lose a ton of money. They're, this year. They're, yeah. they, they're worse than basketball. I think basketball is trying to finish the season, right? They're trying to crown yeah. a champion. They're trying to finish this project. They're trying, uh, to lead the charge in some ways too. Like, Hey, we're, we got us back of the four major sports. Uh, but, and same with hockey, but baseball, I think is going to get hammered. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, so maybe they need it. I just think they're, they're bad timing, but like, yeah. basketball is not trying to like, we, they did it. Like they, they're like, and basketball's hot right now. Yeah. They did lose. They're going to lose a ton of money on the playoffs, but yeah. it's not a full season's worth where I do think baseball is going to get whacked. But I also think basketball is hot. Like basketball right now is the talk of like the little bit of basketball because the last dance had yeah. stayed yeah. in the forefront. I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, they had tweeted out, Woj had tweeted out that players can now, starting June 1st, they can request for them to come back to the cities. And a lot of players, like, they don't reside. They don't need to reside. Like if they're going to go shelter in place, they could go shelter in place wherever the hell they want. Right. And so starting June 1st, teams can say, hey, you need to come back to the city because we're now it's – We need to get, be- we need to get <clears throat> ready. Now these workouts Potentially are Potentially ready. Yeah. Because yeah. right, now, now, right now most camps, a lot, of, a lot of facilities are opening, but they're just voluntary workouts with social right. distancing and all that. But starting yeah. June 1st, they can actually require you to show up and request that you show back up to work. Which is good. It, it shows that there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel. I thought they yeah, should I think have it's a big sign, yeah. Yeah, I thought they should have started earlier and tried to do the Vegas thing, Vegas or Disney thing, where they put everybody in one city, monitor, kind of like the UFC is doing. You keep everybody in one spot the whole time. I heard, there's still, I heard that they probably still will do that. It'll probably be Orlando. That's, I thought they should have started it a little bit earlier, so – which is good, which will help Orlando. Well, we know you're like real aggressive. Uh, well, they should have just fucking done everything. <laughs> I don't think we should have shut down. I'm sorry. I'm, listen, I know it's ugly. Listen, I'm, I'm an ugly Republican. I don't think we should have shut the fuck down. I, I mean, I'm, I don't mean to be a dick, but I am. Like, I'm sorry. I think maybe two weeks. This has been a little aggressive here. They pushed my limits a little fucking too much, all right? Listen, I didn't get – listen, that stimulus check – you're welcome, President Trump. I bought a lot of weed to keep my ass calm. <laughs> okay? That's the truth. So, so how well, excited are you? I don't know if President Trump's saying you're welcome. That shit ain't legal. Exactly. Like, that's fine. Listen, it's that. like uh, you're drunk. That's the one thing both parties agree on. We just don't say it enough. Like most of us are like, <laughs> he kept his neighbor oh, employed really? on yeah. that one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I always tell people, I'm like, Everybody's like, oh, you're Republican, so you're anti-weed. I'm like, no, that's the one fucking thing we like about you guys. Like, if we, we can find common ground there. Like, even the hardest of rights are like, yeah, okay, we get it. Just go with it. Like, it's just a little bit. So, but Cuban no, like. Did, he, Cuban did what? throw this out with the stimulus check. $1,000 every two weeks, but you have to spend it within 10 days. And show receipts. No. Oh, to get it like going, like you got to get us going for like two months. I think for two months, it'd be like $500 billion. So it's a thousand dollars every two weeks. You just have to spend it within 10 days to stimulate the economy. So you can't just take it, pocket it, and put it in your savings. You have to put it towards rent, put it towards your Peloton, let you bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to pump everything into it. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that could could work too. I mean, that could work. But then again, that gets into that dance is the real closest danger to socialism. That's the scary part. the thing too with that. You know, the thing you were talking about, your, your wife applying for that loan. So some, some small businesses, you know, they apply for this paycheck protection program. They have eight weeks. You have to spend 75% of it, you know, um, not spend, but you have to utilize it. it for payroll. Yeah. yeah, you have to use it for payroll. But um, I talked to this, this lady in McKinney up here north of uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. She owns a bridal shop, and 
she couldn't get her employees to come back because they're making more money on unemployment. And, you know, she's got this money that's a forgivable loan that she has to use 75% of it, but she can't. And she's trying to get her employees to come back and they're waiting to the last possible second because they're making more money on unemployment. So it's like, so there's you know, two parts there's, there's no, there's no, yeah. I mean, there's no perfect plan, but it's just like, oh man, it's just been stressful. Seriously. The unemployment thing is interesting because eventually, like, like I've seen people say like, oh, those people, well, how are they ever going to get a job? Like, well, they're usually service industry people. Like they'll just go find a different part-time job, a different bridal shop, a different bar and a restaurant they'll work at. So if they are making more money off unemployment right now, they'll probably stay out. Uh, but how does it, how do they make more money off unemployment? So how do you get, cause I've heard they give you an extra $600 on top of that. How does that work, Eric? So it, I mean, it really just depends on how they're, you know, what they're, you know, pay schedule is or pay amount is with their employer. And so, so if, you, if you get the max, are you going to get, cause I think the max for Texas is 521. Are you going to get the 521 and $600 if you are in a certain tax bracket? So for the unemployment, I have no idea. Okay. You know, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's how you get it. Yeah. That is, so you'll get 1121 a week, a week. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, more people are making that's the problem eric's right that's that's come up a lot that's it's the come up a lot i just didn't know it's, if everyone got that 600 dollars or not if everyone yes. was getting 1121 a week okay and shout out to ashley's mom she's actually fucking would have made more unemployed she's actually gone back to chili's in michigan just to help like run curbside stuff like it's crazy but yeah they yeah you can sit at home if you were making 800 bucks a week and now you're making 1100 a lot of those people aren't going back to work and then the other thing too is the people that can only be there 25% of the time, it, you were only a lot like a, like a bartender. They, it's better. They almost stay out of like unemployed right now. Like they're making more money because there's only 25% of the people in the restaurant. They're not at max capacity. So they're not maxing out tips now. So a lot of them are choosing to stay home and just take that for 16 weeks, but it will run out again. We don't have money printing everywhere. <laughs> just, can't, just keep handing out cash. There's just people. so many factors to what's happening yeah. with this virus, this dang yeah. virus. I mean, seriously, like it's emotionally. It yeah. It, uh, it is. Uh, I think the people that the, I, the thing I always make a statement on is if you think it is just simple as open up or not open up, uh, you don't really understand yeah. the conversation. No. It's not a simple conversation. No, it's not. Dennis, what we got next on the agenda, bro? Let's get out of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Well, I'm trying to go to the end. I, I brought up the last dance. They're, are you going to watch the game tonight? The the game six movie they're calling it? I was thinking about it, man. I really want Because you know what they did? They spliced the uh, high definition footage from the last dance yeah. into the game film. And I'm just wondering, is Marv Albert calling the game? Because I would really – I'll watch it if it's the actual footage dubbed up to what Marv Albert's saying. Mm -hmm. Like, if you give me Marv Albert commentating it, like, Jordan, you know, when he does the fake yeah. two, yes. And I'm like, if you give me that <laughs> with the high definition, I'll watch the shit out of that tonight. Because it's Brett, just, I didn't I realize you were a Jordan cool. historian. I love Jordan. I use a lot of stories. I know, I know, but you know, I just I like that's like you with Dirk. Like you can't, you could not be a fucking Jordan historian. Yeah, but I like knew most of those stories, obviously. But and there's one of the the two things that I thought were really interesting observation coming out of the last dance that I did want to bring up to you guys is the first one is this like obsessive like this obsessive compulsive behavior he had with winning like it was it was like he has like a mental illness with it man and you can see a lot of that in this and there's a story that wasn't told in last dance that i think just really encompasses this is there was an assistant coach that beat him in golf and they had a game the next day and it was like four o'clock in the morning and he just starts pounding on the dude's hotel room <laughs> And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, get up. We got a six o'clock tea time. He's like, no, we got a game. He's like, no, I set up a tea time. We're going out at 6 a.m. Let's go. Like he just could not. He's like, I can't sleep. I couldn't sleep tonight. So I called. I, I got it set up. We're going. We're going 6 a.m. Like he was obsessed with the fact that he needed to win. He could not settle with the fact that he lost. And I just thought it was just like, that's what that last dance we saw. That's what drove him to greatness. And then also I think, which drove him insane as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what I found fascinating about the last dance. I mean, more of a deeper dive when <laughs> he, Jordan, 
in his own words could take any situation and I took it personal. You know, yes. he just, he used, I mean, that's a phrase that came out like, you know, every two seconds, like, you know what? I took it personal. And Anything. as a person, like I get, I mean, I'm competitive. I mean, Brett and I, I mean, we, you know, we play cornhole. I mean, we won a tournament and, you know, we're, I mean, that can get competitive too. Uh, but just in nature, I mean, if you watch, I mean, he's flipping a dime against a wall against a security guard, you know, for 20 bucks. And that's the little stuff that I find myself doing. And over the years, as I've gotten older, I've kind of like, oh, you know, it's not worth trying to get mad over something or over competing over something so, you know, small or stupid. But it was interesting just watching Jordan and hearing him just like anything. He could take yeah. any situation and turn it into motivation. I took it personal. <laughs> so he is, uh, you know. yeah, it's like an addiction. And, and the other thing is, though, that I, like, oh, the last like, thing I'll say about the, like, how petty he is with, like, took it personal. He takes everything so personal and hasn't grown out of it like you did. Because the last line of the last dance was still a shot at the Bulls. And the yeah. Bulls began to rebuild. Like, he, like, bro, you did it. Like, you got 6-0. and oh, Like, who gives a shit that the Bulls haven't been back to the finals? But he wanted to make it very clear the Bulls yeah. have never. And they did do exactly what they, he said he would do. He used the joke of, oh, man, the Cubs have been rebuilding forever. And he's right. Anytime you take a chance at rebuilding, yeah. you might never get back to greatness. But he couldn't even let it go in his docu-series. That's how he needed to end it. It was a shot at the freaking Bulls. Yeah. yeah That's what they I had, had one more in them. I believe they had one more. Oh, yeah, for sure. They had one. No, what, yeah, what I was going to say, Brett, is that's what I appreciate about Cuban is I feel like him as an owner, um, you know, I don't know how many people know a lot about the Mavs, but, you know, Dirk, you know, him and Steve Nash were drafted, in, you know, in the late 90s together. And, you know, they were the next kind of um, the wave of uh, the franchise. And Steve Nash and Cuban had – I mean, they had their differences. And Steve – goes to uh, Arizona and the Phoenix Suns and comes back-to-back -back MVP. And Cuban, I, I think early on in his, like, being an owner, uh, I, I think he, you know, probably was like – he had to be the right – he had to be right. And now yeah. you ask Cuban about Steve Nash, and he'll say, like, I'm, I messed up. I don't want to do that again. And so I think with, like, Jerry Krause as it relates to, you know, the Bulls and, you know, the ownership and what was going on with – uh, the Bulls in the late 90s was I, I wonder if Jerry Krause and them would have said you know what maybe I was wrong maybe we should have not you know blown up the team maybe we should have attempted to bring everybody back and that's what I appreciate about Mark Cuban is he's now come to say like look guys I fucked up I should never have let Steve Nash go thankfully we won a championship in Dallas but you know People yeah, that was the guy who, who – yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, that I was, was the guy who people, I thought got off. Yeah. Go <laughs> now I was just going to say, people who can, uh, you know, admit, hey, I screwed up. Yeah. Jordan where I thought Reinsdorf dwarf gets off too much. I feel like he gets off way too easy. Like, everything was on Jerry Krause, even up to the Space Jam character, the guy who Jordan – I mean, for God's sakes, he made the guy the monster <laughs> – leader look just like Jerry Krause, like just look, look just like him. Like it's, he, it, I thought Reinsdorf gets off way too easy. Like I just do like, yeah. I get it. He built the dynasty, but he also could have been like, Hey Jerry, like you have nothing sure. to do with this shit. Like there's, this is above your pay grade now. Like, but you're sending the Brett, greatest coach away. So I think to Brett's point though, you know, this was Jordan's docu-series and I think his personal vendetta against Krause was like, he just couldn't let it go, you know, and maybe, you know, the owner's off the hook to a certain extent, but I think it's Jordan's like drive and he pinned it's, you know, he pinned it on Krause. The other thing I brought up to uh, like a friend of mine when I was talking about it is it is very obvious in that docu-series. If you like read between the lines and you know, Jordan really well. And like, I, no, Jordan really well. Like he's not a nice guy. He's not no. someone you want to, uh, you know, be uh, best friends with. He's not going to be the godfather of your kids. He's kind of an <laughs> asshole. He is an asshole. Uh, yeah. And I thought even in that docu series, you can read between the lines that he's not well liked. 
No. And more and more of that's coming out from like Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen. But if like, I'm talking like, not just like, oh, people like thought he's a dick. In the docu-series, you don't hear any of people talk about him on a personal level, except for the security guard and his personal assistant and best friend. If right. you look at that stuff yeah. and you actually read between the lines, the, his closest relationships in life are people he paid to be around him. Yeah. Like you see it too. The, the, that's so lonely. He is the yeah. lonely, like on top, he is so lonely. He is the greatest winner we've ever seen. And he has no friends. Yeah. But you also see it when they filmed it too, because he's, he doesn't get dressed with them. He's in that back room with the security guards the yep. whole time. It's just, it's weird. It, it, it is a lonely place at the top. And he, and he kind of pulls that back and he's, but he says that nobody wants to be Michael Jordan for a year, nope. you know? And it was also too, it's like, but like you said, those guys probably didn't like his shit. But it's also weird because then you look at him and go, but he is the greatest of all time. Like, that's what would the thing. you like, choose? What, uh, that's my that, thing. Like, what's go your to you, choice? Dennis? What would you choose? Would you choose six championships and all your teammates don't and really him? like you uh, and you have no friends? And okay. you're Michael Jordan. So I live his or, life. Yeah, you live Michael Jordan's life. Or do you choose a different life? And you're, you're a great teammate. People really like you, but you're just not Michael Jordan. Is that worth it if you yes. are professional? Yeah, I think it would be. I think to, for his level, I think to be able to really look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm the best at this of all time. Like, it's Do you really- think that hurts his argument of being the best of all time? No. Does that, does that make you part of being the best of all time is having teammates – lean on you and appreciate you no i think there's guys that don't have that and i think they're the the reason they're the best like and when you have undeniable people like wayne gretzky's not a great teammate you know just he's not either and there's no debate he's the greatest hockey player jerry rice not a great teammate same kind of work ethic Deion sanders hated him you know it's buttoned up and it's work hard he there's no doubt he's the greatest wide receiver of all time you know lawrence taylor not a great teammate for obvious reasons greatest defensive player of all time. Like, I don't know. Like, I think you sacrifice it because to get to that level where mere mortals don't get to it, you have to, you have to look that devil in the face and go, I'm not going to be liked, but I'm, we're going to accomplish these things. And I think that's what he did. And that's why I respect it because I couldn't do it. I couldn't look at myself in the mirror and be like, I want all you to hate me. There's part of me that would still want Mm. to have those people like me. And I'd have to back off. Like, the shit he pulled with those teammates, like the way he would talk to them, like at some point you have to come off the gas at some point. Like <laughs> yeah. he doesn't come off like nice. the shit talking, the way he would talk to people, it, he just doesn't come off. But yeah, like, I don't know if I'd want it that I, I guess to get to his level, you have to have that darkness in you to get to that level. And I don't, some of those guys have it. I don't, you know, I, th- I bet Tom Brady's like that to an extent. I heard Tom Brady's like that. You know, I, I bet you Tom Brady's do you think like that, that hurts his, you know, greatest of all time legacy. And do you think, no. No, I think, I think this documentary kind of firmed it up. And then again, there will probably be a LeBron type documentary where, you know, the next generation thinks LeBron was the best, you know, I don't know how they'll write it, but it might be the way it is. Like, you know, there's always that thing. It'll always be people catching up. Like like we were taught, you know, it's just, it, it happens that way. And I, I think our, what happens is like we're our, we're the tail end of the Jordan era, so we're that last group. But everybody before, basically us older, thinks Jordan's the best. There's going to be a large group of kids behind us who really make the case for LeBron. Like ten years when we don't remember this documentary, like it's not fresh in our minds. Those kids are going to revert back to LeBron, especially yeah, if he ever really wins a full season. Yeah, like statistically, like they'll make the case, especially if he wins in LA. I think if he wins a real full season. Regular basketball season, eighty-two games. That's a MVP different conversation, to, though. Too, you yeah. go to three places and you win three championships. Yeah, I think rare. he he puts himself that in that argument. You know, fifteen years from now, but the Jordan thing kind of cemented. I think the Jordan is the best player for a long time. They don't like, finish this NBA season. I think LeBron screwed because this is his best chance at it. Because yeah. Warriors get better, Brooklyn gets <laughs> yeah. better, Clippers yeah. get better, everybody gets better next year. But do you think it's this big? Do you think it's hurts greatness? Me? Yeah. Uh, You're like Mr. Nice Guy. You like Dirk? Yeah, no. <clears throat> I mean, honestly, I to the, the first question you posed to Dennis, like, would I risk, uh, 
you know, six championships and not be, well, I mean, of course, like to get to that point where Jordan was like, there's not many people that can say that they were that good at something at any point in their life. Yeah. There's no part of you that's just relationship. I, I agree with you guys, I, I don't, but I, I, I don't be a little bit different opinion. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I, think I don't that's care hard. about the teammates. Like I don't yeah, think yeah. That, they're, they're like coworkers. Like how many, you know, do you, you have yeah. to have yeah, no, no, no. I know. I, I know like what you're he saying. Sacrificed, like Jordan's obsession though, sacrificed relationships. And that might be different. Yeah. You know, like I, mean, I don't he's care about, probably, fuck about the teammates, but I don't know if I take six championships to have no real relationships in my life. Yeah. And I think he doesn't I, have any real relationships in his life. I, I would 100% agree with you. I probably to this day, he probably yeah. can't really associate like but sorry i don't believe it <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean seriously like I, I would say like even to this day you probably can't associate and feel like the three of us feel you know just having a conversation without oh. being like you know it's just like I, I i or that for jordan's need to have that i gotta be better i've gotta have that one up I, you know i'm a better co-host at this you know than you are like yeah. come on yeah. bro you know like <laughs> I, I'm sure he's got that, you know, at every stage of his life, every single day. Yeah. You know, so, but they're wired different. I'm not wired like that. I mean, no. I know I'm competitive to a certain, you know, extent, but not to that point. But if, if somebody handed me like these two tickets when I'm born and say, Hey, you want to be the greatest of all time at this? And, you know, here's the, the baggage. I'm, don't don't even show me option B. <laughs> yeah. Me. So I don't know, but the last dance was done. I, I'm sad it's over. <laughs> they did. It sucks. Time. It's over. I want to watch the Lance one. I heard the Lance one's going to be good. I think the baseball one will be good too. The Sosa McGuire one. Yeah. If they do it correctly. The rumor has it's like a t- there's a Tiger Woods in the works too. Yeah. A similar story. Yeah. I didn't like to though, like the day after, like what team should we do next for the last dance? I'm like, shut, just fucking stop trying to catch lightning in a bottle twice. You That's took you works, guys man. a global, <laughs> yeah, but it also took a global pandemic for this to be the top story. Like, let's be, we would enjoy the shit out of the last dance, but it wouldn't have gotten the massive national attention if this was a regular time of our lives that's an interesting argument i don't know, you know what I'm they're gonna air it in july because that's when sports are at that's right oh that's right that's they're right that's right they're gonna air it in right. july because it was the yeah, dog but then days everybody's summer, out everybody's yeah. out like sundays everybody's out like the whole weekend if in the summer most people are gone like that's why yeah, i know tv is normally not at its highest but yeah like I, I forgot about that i forgot they were gonna air it in july but yeah I, I think a lot of that had to do with it. it was just also the timing of we're all home right now and it's yeah I mean, that's you why know. they rested up. I mean, everybody's yeah. home. <laughs> what else yeah. are they going to do? I didn't like the fact they gave LeBron James credit for it because ESPN, of course, figures out any way to tie anything basketball to LeBron. LeBron as fast as they fucking can. So, and they were like, oh, this is because of LeBron James. I'm like, yeah, he's the only person who tweeted they should move the last dance up since you started plugging it 17 months ago. Like, I think we all asked for it the day you announced it. It wasn't just because LeBron's bored. From yelling Taco Tuesday. I promise you. <laughs> other people fucking knew this was coming. So that's funny. That's my like that's my thing. Like I hate ESPN so much on the daily, but then they give me this shit and I'm like, God damn it, ESPN, I love you. They did a great like, job. Like even tonight. This. Like I think tonight they can yeah. hit a home run if they edited this thing perfectly. Like if you give me all that shit, like I'm back sitting yeah. on my parents' floor having Marv Albert on that Sunday. Like when yeah. they talked about it, they were like, I remember the, 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 the 55 point game in New York. Like it was a Sunday afternoon. It was a four o'clock game. It was this, like, it was the spring. It was awesome. And it was like, and I, you just remember Marv Albert being the guy. And I was like, it brought me right back to my child and it was fucking dope. Like that's why I was kind yeah. of excited for tonight. And I hate the NBA. Like <laughs> I genuinely don't like the NBA. Like, cause I've oh, always man. said, I'm like college basketball, cutting it down has hurt the marketing for the the casual fan like i really do like like i've always said like if they stay in college you you'll hook me at them younger and i'll be more inclined to follow them later in life like dudes i have no urge to follow these kids now speaking of like espn and some nostalgia man i think it was saturday morning the longest yard with adam sandler was on (laughs) and berman was like yeah and (laughs) just was like and i just had the biggest smile on my face and Catherine was like my wife was like 
what are you doing? I was just like, I mean, you know, I know a lot of people think, find him annoying, but for me, like that, you know, in the nineties, it was like, Adrian Peterson. Dude, I was thinking about Penny who gives me the evil eye. She's like, what are you doing, dude? She's like, you got to go because I'm getting hungry. Um, no, she was like, <laughs> no, I was, I was talking about that with somebody this week. We, we said something about like a home run derby. And I said, yeah, bring Berman back and do it the <laughs> old way where he just is yelling back, 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 every <laughs> fucking swing. Somebody's like, you didn't find that annoying. I go, swing. not anymore. Not anymore. I don't find it annoying. I love it now. Like, I miss that shit now. Like, I'm ready to bring it back. Like, I miss, like, I'm going to, that's the other thing too. I hope when this is over, like, the appreciation for little shit like that doesn't like stays. Like I'm never going to take it for granted going to a baseball game again. Like I'm never going to take it for granted going to a football game. Like I hope, that, I hope that doesn't get so, desensitized. Like I hope that doesn't get worn right. down. I'll be agitated going around people though. I'll be like, by like the third time seeing people like, fuck, <laughs> can we go do something fun now? Like I don't want to just be standing here with the same pack of people three weekends in a row. That's been <laughs> the one thing I've missed. I'm not afraid to say I haven't missed. So nor will I miss when this is over. But no, that's pretty much it, man. What else? Eric, what have you done to keep yourself busy? Because you haven't uh, like work. I, just work. work. You, are, you already you. worked from home though. So like nothing in your life. Really I did, but much, right. Well, a, a lot actually. So when I worked from home pre COVID, it was, you know, I could look at, you know, my Monday or Tuesday and I could, you know, go work out in the middle of the day or, okay. you know, I could break up the monotony of, you know, being at home, but you know, when you're forced to stay at home and work and interesting, so you felt like uh, yeah, it felt it just, different when, yeah. So I, I could not have looked more forward to a Kroger run than ever than I have during this freaking Dude, I do the COVID. same thing. I'm like, Oh my God, it's Friday. I, I go to, I yes. always go grocery shopping into the weekend, but then the same thing had happened to me. So I'm like looking forward to this Kroger run. And then you go into Kroger and you're like, why was I looking forward to this shit? It's so creepy. Yeah, and yeah. It's all eerie. Exactly. <laughs> but before when, you know, I worked from home, it was different. You know, I could go and you go out and maybe I'd go to breakfast if I didn't feel like cooking for myself or, you know, I'd go work out in the middle of the day. But when you're stuck at home and I just, I was so busy these last six weeks. It just, it felt, I remember one day I woke up, got to my, got, got to my desk at eight in the morning and I had this overwhelming sense of stress. Like, I don't want to fucking put my fingers on this keyboard right now. I went down to the couch and I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to sit here. And I, I think I even poured myself a mimosa and I just was like, I, I don't want to, the stress of being right back where I was because it was groundhog's day. And I think I had worked till like 11 o'clock that night before. And I woke up that morning and it was just right back to where I was. And I was just like, I can't, I can't, I have, I think the that's not like home, me. You had tweeted me like advice on though, like working from home. Cause it's hard. Like it's hard to get yeah. into this routine or schedule. It, it, it seems like it took you a while. And then even now it, it did. changed again. Yeah. And it was like even different. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that, you know, with, with you having to work from home, you know, from the radio station and you know, it's, it's COVID like it's, it's different. It's not like a normal situation where people can work from home and, you know, go run yeah. an errand, you know, go pick their kids up and go, you know, go live their life. It's just, yeah. you know, it's crazy. Sucks. So I don't know. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to. Uh, just Was that a wrap? Then I'm, no, I'm just ready to get back to normal. That's it. I, like I'm still blown away by how many people said no to going to the gym on your poll. Everybody said no. by that. I was blown away. <laughs> I was. I was literally like blown away. It was like, like goddamn. Only 15 percent of people, and I had like. 80, 90, or 100 people. I forgot it was. There was like a lot of people that voted. And you have a good reach, not just because in Dallas, because you've obviously yeah. been on social media with other cities Radio, and stuff. So yeah, you've been Atlanta, to a Chicago, lot of places. Yeah. 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 So that's just. Would you want to go back, Brett? I don't, I, it's like an argument I said on the air is like, I, I don't want to be the first person on the dance floor. I'm not a good enough dancer. Was <laughs> 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 like the metaphor I used. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm for people moving forward and i'm not criticizing any single person that moves i do going back to the cuban thing i'd like people who are going okay are they following guidelines is it safe is it and so i, yeah. I like to hear that story so dennis went to the gym he's like it was cool dude there wasn't a lot of people there i went and 
yeah. did gym. I didn't feel like, so that like reinforces my confidence uh, before I go and see it for myself. Uh, I miss the gym. Like I was t- told my wife, we were like, what are things like we will choose to go out and do? And I think the gym will be the first one, even though I think it's probably like, you know, people are sweating. It's probably like a dangerous place to be, but more so than restaurants. Like that's where I feel yeah. like I don't need, I don't miss the restaurants as much. Like I can go outside, eat on my patio or whatever. I don't, I don't miss that. I miss like the liveliness of feeling I got a good exercise. I got to work out. Mm-hmm. I feel alive again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think I'm more patient. And when I do take the chances, it's going to be on those things that I know that'll make me feel alive again. The gym is one of those things that'll make me feel alive again. Mm-hmm. Although I do think it's one of the most risky. So that's why I'm being more patient. I haven't been ordered anymore. Yet. Not after today. Uh, the CDC said it's, uh, they're saying touch is 70% less contaminant. It's not, s- it's, they announced that today. I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. So they I you feel better too. Like seeing those things helps like, okay, well then I yeah. feel better about being in the gym. Cause I'm going to just be spaced out. I just, t- anything I touch is not as likely to get it and contract it. My gym, my gym killed it. They made it yeah. not feel unsafe. And I'm, again, I'm a bad judge cause I'm obviously open it up full throttle. Like let's go. Um, but they made it seem rather safe, but you still got a comfortable workout. Like you weren't, discomfort like you weren't like well this was a waste of my time this covid bullshit Mm -hmm. fucked up my workout they they covered it and seeing some of the gyms this week it was uh they've done a really good job like most of the gyms in dallas i've saw just for work have really done a good job making sure people feel comfortable and the feedback's been good so i think i think you're going to see us get back to a pretty good percentage sooner than later so but we'll see 